sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. Good to be here. Praise the Lord. A little smaller gathering, but uh, where two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus said, I will be in their midst. So praise the Lord. It's been a good morning. I've been blessed and with the different things that were shared. Um, yeah, I. Uh, the reason I'm up here this morning is Larry, he was planning to be here. Jewel, you know, came down with COVID and he was going to press through. Then he called this morning about quarter after eight and said he thinks he maybe shouldn't come. <laughs> and just to let you know, we had talked about it yesterday, so we were, we were a little bit heads up on it. It wasn't like quarter after quarter of eight and all of a sudden we got to quickly scrounge something together. So I do believe the Lord has a message for us. I appreciate what was shared already, the opening and the children's lesson. Uh, yeah, those different thoughts kind of, I think, will all flow together, hopefully. I guess where I've been at this past week is the aspect of faith. And as I got up this morning, I was meditating, and I wasn't really thinking that Larry was going to call, but I, I was just on that, in that uh, groove, if you will my thoughts and my meditations, and uh, yeah, so I was encouraged last night, actually, I was also reading in the book of Hebrews, and we want to go into chapter 11 here, um, but there's so much, so much in this, in the Bible, or the Word of God here that we can feed on and meditate on, and, and uh, so I don't really have necessarily a clear line or laid out message this morning, but I do have some thoughts that I believe uh, trust will bless, will be a blessing as we look into the scriptures here this morning. So I'd like to at this time just, uh, yeah, have a word of prayer before we go into the message here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in Jesus' name, Lord. We worship and we praise you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, God, for speaking to us already, Lord. Oh, God, I pray, give us ears to hear. Jesus said different places that we read in the Scriptures. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And I pray this morning, God, that we would hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to each one of us, Father, and us even as a congregation, God. Bless those that cannot be here this morning because of sickness or other, other reasons, God, we pray that you would be with them and that you would undergird them and strengthen them and bless them this morning, O oh God, we pray. Lord, just we look to you now, God, as we open the Scriptures again, the living Word of God. We thank you for the Word of God this morning, Lord, that, that we have this, the Bible, God. We have the living Bible, Lord, the living Word of God, and we thank you for that this morning. And I just pray, Lord, that you would... Bless and touch our hearts, 
O God, this day, Father, as we go into the week and the weeks to come, Lord, that, that we would have what we need, O God, even as we think of, was it Elijah there, Lord, where he went on uh, bread that was received by the angel for 40 days. O God, I pray, Lord, we look to you for bread from heaven. Meet our needs, God. Meet the needs that are even, yea, in our midst here this morning. O God, meet the needs of our heart, Father. We know that you care for each one of us, Lord. And I pray, God, O Lord, yes, give us ears to hear that we can hear what your word is for us, O God. Father, we need you and we thank you. And I pray for grace and and clarity of thought and mind as we look into this subject of faith this morning. We thank you and we praise you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. The faith chapter. I'm going to read, start reading here in the beginning. We'll kind of, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but just to, just to get a little bit of a, a few of the, of the chapter here. Let's start reading in verse 1. Now faith is a substance. Assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the proof of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Some of you know what a report card is. When I went to school, I, I came home with a report card every, was it every month? I forget how often it was. And sometimes the report in there wasn't the greatest. For by it the elders, by faith, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, But without faith, remember what we just read? But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And I wrote in my side reference here that word heir. Let me read this verse again. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became possessor of the righteousness which is by faith. I shared that with the family yesterday morning, that verse, or that, that word, when I looked at it, heir, became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith, possessor of the righteousness, which is by faith. It's not just a righteousness up there in heaven somewhere, and it stays up there, but that he was a possessor of this righteousness. 
by faith. Praise the Lord. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterward receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in his strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with, with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. I'm not sure how much more I want to read here, but we could read the whole chapter and be blessed by it. He looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Maybe I'll just read this one yet too that blessed me as I was looking at it again last night. Over here in uh, verse, uh, let's see here, where is it at? Verse 27, it says, by faith. Now this is talking about Moses. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses endured the wrath of the king. What was that all about? Moses did not have an easy life. He endured the wrath of the king. How did he endure? He endured by seeing the one who is invisible. And brothers and sisters, we need that. We need that. Are we seeing the one who is invisible this morning? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the proof of things not seen. I like that. It's more than this mystical thing, you know, we just have some faith and, and uh, yeah, God is up there in heaven somewhere. Praise the Lord, our, our sins are washed away and praise God and that's about all the further it goes. But brothers and sisters, it goes much. I mean, it goes, that is deep. I want to be careful how I say that, but... It's where this thing comes down into our life and we're, well, like, I, like, like, I, like I read before already here in, in about Noah where he became a possessor, an heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Even in the Old Testament. Even in the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament now, but even in the Old Testament. What I was, we were talking about that a little bit yesterday morning. So what, what, what was it all there that he was a possessor of the righteousness which is by faith? What was it that he, he possessed? What was it that he was an heir of? Well, that was the Old Testament. Here in the New Testament, we are also. And of course, we touched touched that last Sunday on the aspect of the righteousness, which is God by faith. This whole thing of faith. Okay, going back to verse 1 again here. Now, faith is the assurance you know, this thing of where we say we jump into the water, it's a blind jump, or how did they say that? We jump into the water, it's a blind faith. I'm not saying that right. What's that? A leap, leap of faith. Yeah, we just take, take a, a, a jump. We just jump by faith. It's a leap into the dark. How many of you like to take a leap into the dark? Any takers? <laughs> I don't. I don't think God is asking us to do that. True faith knows 
knows the way, knows what's the end, knows what's going to be there when you, when you end up jumping out and landing on something, knows what's there. <clears throat> this thing of where it's just a leap into the dark and you really don't know where you're leaping into, that's scary. <sighs> right? That's scary. <sighs> well, God is not, that's not our God. Faith is the assurance that God is there. When we take a leap into the dark, if you will, we know that God is going to be there. We know that God is going to be there. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the proof of things not seen. I don't know, we could just park on that this morning. That encourages my heart. You know, if our faith is just a mystical something, belief that, yeah, God did this, and, and, but there's real no reality. That's not true faith. That's not true faith. <clears throat> I mean, here we read about Enoch. How did he, how was he translated? He had this, or he was translated, um, And he had this testimony, it says here in verse 5, he had this testimony that he pleased God. In the very next verse, I'm not sure that I ever quite put that together before, but it's interesting, the very next verse it says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. So if we don't have true faith, we cannot please God, is the bottom line. If we don't have true faith, we cannot please God, no matter how hard you try. Somebody said something about, maybe what David was sharing that, or uh, Michael, about, you know, this whole aspect of trying. No, David was talking about that. You know, we just need to try a little bit harder. We try a little bit harder. Well, there is something about doing things that God is asking us to do, but if we have the wrong concept of faith, we end up doing things not by faith, and it ends up in disaster. Is that clear? Is that clear? Faith needs to be, needs to be, how should I say? Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And I know I've shared this before already, this whole, this verse here. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. God is here right now in this situation, this moment, in your trial, in your whatever you're going through. God is here right now. And it takes, when you, when faith gets a hold of that, all of a sudden, that trial, that burden, or whatever you're under, all of a sudden it becomes light. Because God is here. God is here. Well, the title is, I kind of thought of making a title, uh, Faith, I guess. The other one, uh, maybe uh, Faith and the Sin of Unbelief, and I I was thinking uh, this morning, I was thinking, I thought, well, maybe I should not quite make it quite so drastic, but uh, the, the, uh, the terrible sin of unbelief. <laughs> Pound that from the pulpit, but I thought, you know, I think we probably need more on the aspect of faith, but if, we, if, our, if our faith is truly working the way it should be, then unbelief will be out the door. But sometimes we do need to see what unbelief really is, and that it is a terrible thing. But let's go to, uh, I, liked, I have a couple different, 
accounts here I want to look at this morning. Let's go to Numbers now this morning. is a very familiar passage. And I was thinking of this earlier this week. Uh, Numbers chapter 14. And all the congregation lit up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children, this is talking about the twelve spies that went into the land of Canaan, and they spied out the land, and there was twelve of them that went in, and there's there's twelve that came back, but ten came back and had an evil report, and two came back and had a faith that was real. So let's read here. And all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in, in this wilderness? Is that faith talking? No. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey were it not better for us to return unto Egypt. In, into Egypt. And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, the Caleb the son of... Jehuna, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only, only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Well, the next verse, should I read it? But all the congregation baits, baits, but all the congregation baits stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation for all the children of Israel. Here there was two men that saw God who is invisible. The other ten, what were they seeing? What were they seeing? They were seeing giants. They were seeing... What were they seeing? They were looking at it through the natural eye, we can say it that way this morning. They were looking at their circumstances. They were looking at what they saw in front of them. And they said, we can't do it. It would be better to go back to Egypt. It would be better if we would have died in the wilderness. In this wilderness. We had died in this wilderness. They were looking at what was in front of them. But Joshua and Caleb had different eyes. And brothers and sisters, we need different eyes these days. We need eyes that see beyond what is right in front of us. And I think we could almost say with a guarantee that if, if we don't have those eyes that Moses and Joshua and Caleb had, that we're not going to make it. That almost sounds doomsday, but that's, I think, just the simple reality that we have to face. <clears throat> So is it important to believe God? Is it important to see God for who He is? Yes, it is. 
I like the spirit or, yeah, of Joshua and Caleb who said, what did they say? They said, it's a good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only, only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. That's how a man sees these giants when he has his eyes on the one who can do all things. And what else did he say? Their, their defense is departed from them. Their defense is departed from them. So when the enemy comes and hammers at you, where do you go? Do you get out your own sword? Do you get out your own gun? Do you get out your, your uh, uh, ammunition, if you will? That doesn't work. Or do we go and use the Word of God, in that sense, the sword, the sword of the Word of God, and he becomes a defeated foe. He's just like a, I would have uh, heard already say where he's a, he's a roaring lion that has no teeth. He can make a lot of noise, but there's no teeth in him. Well, should that be clarified? If our faith and confidence is not in God, does he have teeth then that can do something? I think the answer is yes. But the spirit and the faith of Joshua and Caleb, they saw their God for who he is and what he said. He said, he told them to go into the land of Canaan, did he not? I should have studied this whole thing a little bit more. But what were they hanging their hat on, if you will? Joshua and Caleb. Were they just taking a leap into the dark? No. They were not just taking a leap into the dark. They had a word from God. They had a promise that they knew that, that, they were, that God was going to be with them. And those giants were bred for them. You know, brothers and sisters, when we see God for who He is, that's how it is, can be in our own lives. We are not facing the giants that, that uh, they were facing here, but we are facing giants. There's many giants out in the land these days. How are you faring, Brother Ray? Are those giants getting you or, you, or are you slaying them? You know, it's a good question for all of us. How are we faring? How are we faring? How am I faring? The ten spies saw the giants. The two spies saw him who is invisible. Well, let us be encouraged to, uh, to believe God, believe His Word, believe His promises. You know, we face real things. We do. We face real things. And we need real answers. We need real answers, brothers and sisters. 
If we need real answers and man cannot supply those answers, who can supply those answers? Who can meet those needs? Well, there is one that can. There is one that can. Let us be encouraged this morning from the life of Moses and the life of Joshua and Caleb. And wasn't it said somewhere where the Joshua and Caleb were prophesying or something and, and some people came running and talking to, to Moses about it and, and complaining or something and Moses said, I wish that all the people would prophesy or be like, have the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. So may we be encouraged to have the, the spirit and the, the faith of Joshua and Caleb this morning. That can be you, brother. <clears throat> You know, somehow we look at sometimes we read these biographies and we read about these men of faith and we just kind of, yeah, boy, they, they, they did pretty good. They did pretty good, but, but not me, not me. Well, there's two ways to look at that. The one way is, is you're looking at the great things that happen. You really would like those great things to happen because it would make you really look great. Well, throw that out the window. But God can use you even in your little circumstances of life that maybe speak louder than sometimes by us trusting and believing God where things work out the way God wants them to work out. That those type of things can speak louder maybe sometimes and then somebody pray a prayer of where there's a miracle that just happens right in front of everybody sees it. You know, this whole thing of faith, I, I go into the Galatians there where it talks about uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Isn't it in there, that one of the, the, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, something about faithfulness? You know, it's something about believing God one time for something and it happens and we, oh, wow. Ah, hey, look, look, I prayed. Look what happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm thinking of something, but I probably shouldn't be thinking about it. But, but what about believing God in our every, every little situation? Uh, probably all wondering what I'm talking about. I think maybe I can say it. Uh, you know, sometimes something happens in our house, and I say, I prayed! And everybody looks at me like, I prayed too! <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to learn to be careful how I say it when I say, oh, I prayed and look what happened. <laughs> well, there's a right way. Yeah, if it's, yeah. But we do need to pray. We do need to pray. We need to believe God. Yes, if we're just wanting it all for ourselves, forget it. God won't. I don't know how all that works. I mean, somehow God when a person comes to him by faith, even in his needs, in his, if you will, maybe he has a little bit of proud pride there, somehow God, it seems like God still hears that prayer. I don't know how all that works. And, and, and I'm, I'm going by Corinthians 13 there where it says, you can have faith through mountains, but if you don't have love, um, it profits us nothing. 
So let us be encouraged this morning to believe God. You know, I find myself sometimes, you know, we have, uh, I'll just say this. Most of us probably do. We have a routine. We, when we sit down before a meal, we pray. We have a prayer. And before we go to bed, we pray. Or we get up in the morning, we pray. We have our certain times, maybe a prayer. And we can pray our prayers. You know, sometimes I just have to pull back and I say, okay, God, here is a need. And somehow I, I, I go maybe into a little bit different room or a little bit different uh, transaction or a little di- different uh, 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 a prayer uh, with God. It's like this thing is right in front of me and it's right here it is, Lord. I need you. And there's a cry. There's a, there's a, there's a faith that is, is looking to God and believing God that God, you're going you're gonna to do something about this. And then you pray and you believe God and you watch Him work it out. <clears throat> you, you probably heard this thing already of, 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 of ladies, older, I don't know why I think of, well, probably because of the, Hebrides revival where there was two old ladies that, that prayed and, and they knew what it was to pray through. Did you ever hear that term? What does it mean to pray through? It's more than, like Denny used to say, we pray the prayer, lay me down to sleep. And, and it's, you know, if you pray with your children and pray that prayer with them, that's good, that's good. <clears throat> but what is it? What is it to pray through, to believe God? I believe we, we were in Crint, or, uh, uh, Hebrews 11 there, verse 1. Faith is the substance, is the assurance of things hoped for, and the evidence, the proof of not, think, of not seeing. When a person is praying and believing God for something, somehow that, that verse is, is right in there. That verse is being, and when they pray through, it's like that assurance and that proof is there. Amen? <clears throat> That's what we need. That's what we need. So it's not just a praying a prayer and going your merry way and forgetting what you prayed. You forget that you prayed it and God answers it and you don't even realize that He answered it. What a poor way to live. <laughs> well, let's pray believing God and, and seeing Him answer. Okay. I'd like to go now to uh, another passage of Scripture here in Matthew chapter 16. Um, This is talking about Simon or Peter. It says here in 16, Matthew 16, verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath enrealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven... Maybe I should back up. Let's read verse, start at verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that the Son of Man am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whosoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. 
Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Christ or that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto but Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offence unto me, for thou savoureth not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I'm going to stop reading there. <clears throat> Here we have uh, uh, Peter. He uh, proclaimed, he said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus says, Blessed art thou, Simon. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. And then Jesus said something else in verse 18. He said, I say unto thee, thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I don't know. I was looking at that. I think that was yesterday that I was looking at that. What? I I looked into a couple commentaries, but for some reason when I was reading this, you know, the thought, I always, the thought I had, it's talking about Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. How many of you have heard that? Probably a lot, most of us have. Well, I don't know, but for some reason I was just looking at it and I was thinking, wait a minute, is that, what, is that what Jesus is saying? And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this rock I will build my church. Or was he saying in light of his, or Peter's testimony, what he said that thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon this rock I will build my church. Upon Christ. Well, we know that is uh, clear as a bell. But this thing about Peter, what was, what, was, yeah, where's all that at? I'm not sure. One of the commentators brought out that Peter was only one of the disciples and you had 12 disciples. So I don't know. It was just, uh, it was kind of interesting for me to look at that. I guess for, for me this morning, I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective that, that Jesus is that rock. And whenever we build on that rock, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. That's a promise. Praise God. So, then the question could be, um, hmm, well, there's probably different questions and I'm not sure how to ask it, what I'm thinking. I'll say it this way. I just want to be in the church. I want to be in the church. Because whatever is outside the church is going to fail. Is that clear? That's clear. Whatever is outside the church is going to fail. The church of Jesus Christ. The body of Christ. <clears throat> and so brothers and sisters, let us make sure, and this ties even into what we're talking about, faith. If faith is not active in our lives, without faith it is impossible to please God. So where are you at? If we want to use that analogy, are you in the church or out the church? That's making it black and white, I know, but I think sometimes it's good to, to think those things through.
dwell on that whole aspect of, uh, and, and this is what one of the commentators did. I think it was uh, uh, Clark, Clark, I think. And then he took me into, or he took us into Peter, First Peter, and I like this. And just think about it. This was Peter talking. Now we're going into the book of Peter, uh, chapter 1. We're going into the book of Peter, chapter 1. And here is what Peter says. And I think we memorize these verses. Uh, Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, To whom coming as unto a living stone, this allowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Jesus is that living stone. And then in verse 6 he says, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. It'll work. It'll work. Praise the Lord. So Peter here, and we have some more things in this chapter here that I was very intrigued with, and I don't know that I'm going to take the time, but... Um, we have, let's go back to Matthew again here, where, where uh, I read uh, uh, more than just about the, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Praise God for that promise, brothers and sisters. Let us be encouraged. Let us believe God that what he says here, he will do. And, and I've heard different different things already on this verse about the gates, how the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And, and there was one aspect I heard one time about where uh, we can go into the enemy's territory and, and pull those out. I'm not sure if that is all how all that uh, flows with, uh, with what Jesus is saying here. <clears throat> but let us be about our Father's business. Well, here then Peter in, in Matthew here, some more things are said here about Peter. Jesus was saying something that he was going to have to suffer. And, and Peter started rebuking Jesus. And then uh, Jesus had to say something to Peter. And he said, he said, this is, this is it's almost like, Wow. He said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Or did he say it to Peter? But he said, but he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. There are no offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Remember again, faith and unbelief. The ten spies, they were unbelievers, if you will. The twelve spies, they were believers. The one was, uh, the one was, uh, savored, the things that were of the two were were the ones that savored the things that were of God, and and the ten were the ones that savored the things of men. Are you with me? See how this faith thing works out in very practical way. Here, Peter somehow he had his sights on the wrong thing. He did not have his sights on the one uh, seeing him who is invisible, and Jesus had to say some hard words to him. He said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be, of, that be of God, but those that be of men. And brothers and sisters, we need to know the difference between what is of God and what is of men. 
And this gets real, real down to the nitty gritty here. Verse 24, it says, Then said Jesus unto him, his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus said that right after that, what he taught, said there to Peter. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So the question I ask this morning to each and every one of us, what does it mean to deny ourselves? What does it mean? What is Jesus saying here to Peter? After just what, what happened here, it goes and then said Jesus unto his disciples. It seems like it's a flow of things, of happenings here, and Jesus said this right after what happened there. Thou savest the, not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. If any, man will not deny, if any man will come after me and let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, what does it mean? What is Jesus saying here? What, what is it to deny ourselves? I think that would be a good subject just to meditate on all week. Uh, Brendan, uh, keep meditating on the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount there. Uh, here's another one. What is Jesus? What does it really mean to deny ourselves? You know, some have come up with this thing and that thing. But what is God saying? What does it really mean to deny ourselves? What does it really mean to deny myself? And in its very strong language here, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take away his cause and follow me. For whosoever was... And, uh, I, I think we know that the, pretty much it's, what it's saying is, is if we don't, we cannot be his disciple. We cannot be his disciple. So we better know what it means to deny ourselves, right? <clears throat> we don't want to end up being on the wrong way, brother. On the wrong path. We want to be on the right path. And this is one of them. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. <clears throat> if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Well, I was thinking of this last night and meditating on this. Or was it this morning? I forget. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> if we end up not denying ourselves, what happens? Very practical. Just, if something happens and you don't deny yourself, what happens? Well, I think something was said in children's lesson, maybe. Maybe, maybe somebody, and I think it was, actually it was said too in the, the opening about Jesus there in in, uh, in uh, uh, Isaiah 54, where he, he did not... Uh, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He did not defend himself. So if we don't deny ourselves, what do we end up doing? We end up defending ourselves. Is that right? We end up defending ourselves. Anyway, so self-defense, so we could go down that trail. So what I was thinking, okay, I wonder if there is anywhere, sorry, I uh, don't like Google, but I decided I'm just going to punch it in and see if there's a message on there about, uh, about denying ourselves, truly denying ourselves. What, what is Jesus saying here when he's saying about denying ourselves? Well, of course, the whole thing of uh, uh, defending ourselves, when I put in, it came up about defending ourselves, self-defense, and they had their nice way of juggling through that, that you can, uh, and I thought some more what I said last week about this, 
this trucker that said, well, you just shoot him in the leg, you know, if somebody comes into your house. And I started thinking about that this morning. I think, you know what? That, that, that's just asking for more dynamite. If he's still alive, he's going to keep firing more. So the bottom line is you have to, you know, take him out if you really, if that's, if that, if you really want to defend yourself. And so we don't even go there. Is that right, brother? We don't even go there. He that takes up the sword will die with the sword. <clears throat> so we end up defending ourselves. What does it mean to deny ourselves? Well, the way I tied this together was, again, just the very practical, very simple. The one is looking at the natural. Looking at, you know, somebody breaks in, you take them out. That's looking at the natural. It's almost like, well, isn't that the right thing to do? You mean, I mean, there's a lot of innocent people that will get killed if you don't take them out. You can come up with all kinds of arguments. But what about looking at the one who can do all things? And I realize there's times and situations where it seems like, you know, people were doing that and maybe it didn't work out the way we think it should have worked out, but God was still in control. So the bottom line here is, is that we need to be like Joshua and Caleb to believe God. We need to see Him who is invisible. As soon as we start defending ourselves, brothers and sisters, we're in trouble. We're, we're, we're in the flesh. We end up in the flesh. It's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. And the Bible says, Romans says, if we walk after the flesh, what happens? What happens when you walk after the flesh? You shall die. No, no, no. That's just simply the way it is. If you walk after the flesh, you will die. Spiritually. And so, either we, so we don't want to walk after the flesh, but we want to walk after, let's see here, what was that children's lesson about? I think it, it, uh, it, we want to go, we want to walk the path of life. Um. <clears throat> If we walk after the flesh, we shall die. But if we walk after the Spirit, we shall live. That's the path of life. That's the path of life. So what is it to deny ourselves? Well, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But I, I just, it was very, very interesting to me. I don't know if I ever quite tied this all together here in uh, Matthew, that it's just in the flow here. And I know it's 21, it's kind of maybe a different different, uh, it could be a different time, I don't know, but yet it's all in the flow here. And it just kind of stood out to me. And the other thing, and I don't even, yeah, that stands out to me is what Jesus, what Peter said about Jesus. And, and Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, Peter, but, uh, but, but God's spirit. <clears throat> and then soon after we read here, let I read, where uh, Peter said something about Jesus, where in a sense, Jesus had to rebuke Peter. Okay, well, maybe one more thing on Peter. Um, Peter. What did Peter do when uh, Jesus was going to be crucified? Didn't Peter deny Jesus? And someone said one time, that's how we need to deny ourselves. The way, Jesus, or the way Peter denied Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. He said, I don't know the man. 
Do you know yourself? Are you very much alive? Are you denying yourself, brother, sister? Am I denying myself? Or am I justifying myself? Or am I, you know, I have my, I have my, yeah. Well, let us be encouraged this morning to believe God, to see Him who is invisible, and to deny ourselves and see God's ways work. And God's ways do work. Faith, the result is what? Righteousness. When fear, doubt, unbelief come, we end up in the flesh. And you know, uh, the, the children of Israel there, uh, the children of Israel there, they gave in to fear and doubt and unbelief because faith. They did not believe God. The, ten, the two did. Anyways, when fear, doubt, unbelief come, we end up in the flesh. We end up taking things into our own hands. The result is unrighteousness. So may God help us to be like Noah who was a possessor of righteousness. May we be a possessor of righteousness as we learn to walk with God in this sin-cursed world that we live in and uh, know what it is to walk by faith and know what it is to deny ourselves. Know what it is to see God work in our lives in a very real way. May God bless you.